Hi, and welcome to the Sit Down with Suzanne podcast. I am your host, Suzanne. As always, my aim is to inspire, to motivate, and empower. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, so that is the jingle for my brand from my very own teen daughter, Sarah Jessica Anderson. And I'm actually developing a concept for a show that I talk to mothers of, or I should say parents of teen daughters and just, you know, the things that go along with that, the joys, the tears, the um, the laughter and things like that. And it's an incredible experience, I think, being the mom of a teen, but there's just so many things that happen with them, so many things that changes with them. And I certainly remember being a teen and just the different emotions that I experienced. And I think it's such a different culture from when I was a kid. So that experience, I think it's something that's worth delving into. It's something that's worth exploring. So as I formalize the concept for that show, don't be afraid to reach out to me at Suzanne at PositivelySuzanne.com if that's something that you would like to be a part of. So I have mentioned often that um, the Sit Down with Suzanne podcast is an extension of my brand, which is Positively Suzanne, which can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. So my six-year-olds always reminded me, like, mom, you never say YouTube. And um, (laughs) so I have to put that in there because I know that they listen to the show. Um, So it is also on YouTube and I am also on Twitter. Um, every week when I do the show, I do try to answer one or two questions and sometimes I do not get an opportunity to, but this week I do have an opportunity to answer two questions. And thank you again for sending your questions to me at Suzanne at positively Suzanne.com. I can't read them all, um, but I do enjoy getting them and sometimes I will respond in kind. So the first question is, how do you keep track of all the things that you do? Um, you know, I know it seems like I'm doing a lot. And personally, I don't think that I'm doing a lot. I think that we have a lot of things that um, is happening um, in our lives. And I think if we really and truly look at it, we realize that everything is connected. So I am a wife, I'm a mother, um, I work, I go to school, but I think all of that is just part of who I am. There's just so many different aspects, but I think it all goes together. You know, like I mentioned, um, you know, what I'm doing with the Positively Suzanne and the Sit Down with Suzanne podcast, it's all a part of something that I am trying to do and I'm trying to accomplish. So each different components that I add to it. So I do the monthly magazine, which is Positive Vibes, which it is on hiatus. Um, for the next two months, I am revamping it and I'll be relaunching it in January. And there's some other exciting news that are coming, but it's all under the same umbrella. It's just little things that I'm using to grow it and expand. But personally, I do try to create a list 
of, you know, priorities and I'll put the highest priorities first and then I'll check it off and go down the list. And, you know, I mentioned on the last podcast, there's things that I'm not able to accomplish all in the same day or even the same month. And, you know, I just move it to the next one. So I am not too critical or too harsh on myself if I don't get something accomplished because I know I can do it again the next day. So, you know, I'm a fan of lists. I'm a fan of post-its. You know, in my professional life, one of the things that I do sometimes when I go and I have a lot of things to do, I'll put it all on post-its and I'll put it on the computer or on the printer. And then as I complete each post-it, I'll throw it in, you know, the recycle bin. And it's fun to see like how many post-its I start off with and how many I end up with. So those are like just little tips and tricks that I use and it makes me feel accomplished. So I think you can accomplish anything, but just have a game plan and prioritize and create that to-do list. And, you know, one of the the other podcasts, you know, I talked about the making the bed concept. So make the bed, find one thing, do it, complete it. And then the other things will, you know, just slowly fall into place. You'll have a starting point um, to say. So that's it. And the other question, and I think I've been asked, you know, this question before, and this one, it's, you know, it's asking me, you know, how do I measure success? And, you know, I've talked about it differently. I've actually, you know, did a show about creating your own success based on your own standards, not on somebody else's. I mean, personally, success for me is different. Um, if I set out to accomplish something and I did it, like I feel successful, but I don't allow, you know, traditional norms, like other people's, you know, what they say or do, you know, deter me from, you know, continuing something that I'm doing if they don't think it's a success. So even starting this podcast, I mean, there are listeners, there's stats, there's downloads, and I'll see others sharing, you know, they got 5 million downloads or they get 5,000 downloads and, you know, things like that. And I'm not there yet. And it's okay because my success is my own and I'm doing this for a personal reason. I'm doing this to help others. So, you know, even one person coming up to me and said, Hey, I listened to your podcast and it helped me to me, that's success. And that's what I want to encourage all my listeners. You know, you do have to create your own success. If you consistently measure your success compared to someone else, you'll consistently find yourself, you know, lacking and needing. You know, it's funny. I was on social media this morning and, you know, everybody is talking about Talat Perry Studios and what, you know, he's been able to do. And it's incredible um, just, you know, hearing his story and what he accomplished. And, you know, some people are looking at the now and they're not looking at the Tyler Perry that struggled. You know, one of the things that he talked about, you know, he had talked about by the grace of God. And I've spoken about my faith often. I truly believe that God does what he does. So you can, and he said this, you know, you can plant the seed and, you know, you can water it and nourish it, but, you know, you can't control the sunshine and you can't control the rain and only God alone um, controls that. Now, I don't know how old the interview was or how new the interview was, but it was just very touching just to hear that because I've always believed in the power of God and the power of what he can do. So, so, and, you know, he had talked about actually in the interview how, you know, years ago when he started, you know, how many shows he put on, he had saved his money and he's put the shows on and he was expecting 12, I think he said he saved $12,000 and he was expecting 12,000 people or 1200 people, I should say he was expecting and like only 30 people showed up and, you know, it was 30 people that he knew. 
but look at where he is now. And I think he mentioned it was like in 1992. So he's not an overnight success. He's been working very hard for a very, very long time to get to where he is. And I think that's what people have to realize. A lot of times we start something and we expect immediate success and it doesn't always happen. So that's why you have to create your own definition of success and decide you know, what success looks like to you. So if success is Let's use the podcast, for example. If success was, you know, starting the podcast, that's success. It's getting one listener, two listener, you know, is having somebody come up to you and said that they listened to the show, is discussing a topic that touched you, is having a guest that touched you. So just continue to define your own um, success and don't worry about anybody else. So that is all I have time for today with the questions. So the next... um, episode I'm actually very excited about and I shared it last week. Um, It didn't come to fruition as early as I thought, but I'm trusting in God and I know that whenever one door closes, another door opens and because I believe that something bigger and greater is coming. So this week I'm going to talk about how to remain positive in a negative culture. And I've said it before, positivity is my jam. I believe in being positive. It doesn't mean that I don't see or negative things doesn't happen to me. It's just that I made a decision not to allow that negative thing to um, define me, not allow that negative thing to stop me or to derail me. And a lot of the questions that I get, um, you know, from those that I counsel or from those that I mentor is how to remain positive. And I'm not going to lie to you. It is very tough sometimes to remain positive in a negative culture. If we look at society today, you know, what's happening with the government, I see so many intelligent people, they get, you know, upset and they get worked up. Um, And I'm not saying that they shouldn't, but then what do you do with that anger? How are you using that anger to impact change or to do something behind the scenes because you don't always have to be in the limelight? So we are upset about the current government. Are we mobilizing in our community? Are we getting people to sign up to vote? Are we voting? Um, and instead of just vo- vo- voicing our opinions on social media and, and making you know snarky tweets and things about it, are we actually doing something that's going to impact, you know, change? So if you're upset with the government, you know, what can you do about it? How can you impact it? And then saying, you know, one vote doesn't count. But I think more than anything, it's proven that one vote does count. So I've seen people on both sides, um, those who support and those who oppose, get very upset. And they just, you get to the point that you can't even talk with them. You can't have a rational conversation. And I get it. Believe me. I am just as profoundly impacted by it. But instead of just voicing negativity, I'm trying to do something about it. So right now, I know there's a lot of campaigns going on in terms of get out and vote, get the vote, you know, partnering with um, other organizations. And like I said, you don't have to be in the forefront, but do something behind the scenes to get people to vote. Have a rational conversation with somebody. Um, you know, I had a conversation with someone the other day and, you know, they were talking to me about, um, you know, police brutality. And that is something that, you know, impacts me. I have um, African-American bro- um, brothers and uncles and cousins and friend, you know, I'm African-American and it, it it's 
just the way that it seems like Black lives do not matter because we are, you know, consistently hearing on the news, you know, police in bulletproof vests with guns and, you know, feeling threatened and, you know, a Black man's life is taken. And, you know, she asked me about it and, you know, I had another person that was talking about it and they were ranting. But I will tell you, like, when you're ranting, oftentimes people don't hear the message what you're trying to say. And it impacts me because I feel that it's hard to raise black men. It is hard to tell them that, you know, life is fair. It is hard to tell them that, you know, that they will have the same opportunities as, you know, their Caucasian counterpart. And you have to be realistic and you have to tell them, you know, about the situation. You know, you have to tell them that they get pulled over more often, you know, than any other race. You know, you have to tell them that they'll be unfairly judged, but you also have to let them know that they cannot allow that to make them bitter. They still have to in part turn around and raise their young black men and they have to turn around and raise their, you know, little black girls. So how do you, and it's a tough job, I'm telling you, how do you tell them to remain positive in a negative world? How do you tell them to be cautious, be wary, um, but still be loving and open? And it's a very difficult decision because every black child has to have that conversation, you know, to say how to behave, you know, when they're pulled over by the cop. And I know that, you know, the Caucasian race is not a conversation that it's typically had with young men, but, you know, it's a sad and unfortunate fact, but also still allowing these young Black men to live their lives and to be open to celebrating who they are, accepting who they are, raising their kids, raising their sons and their daughters, and being, you know, leaders in their community and things like that, knowing all the unfairness that they have to put up with. And I think, you know, like I mentioned, work behind the scenes, do things that will make an impact, you know, be angry, but be productive. Um, find a solution work with those who have been doing the work and have figured out a way how to, instead of just standing outside and railing at the system, find a way to get inside and dismantle the system doesn't, that doesn't work and implementing a system that is beneficial for everyone, for every race. So, you know, that's how I remain positive in something like that, because it is disheartening to turn on the news and see another um, situation where a life, a black life is taken as if it doesn't matter, as if it doesn't have impact. So that's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Get angry, but do something about it. What can you do? You know, encourage um, them to vote, encourage them to run for councils, you know, city councils, encourage them to be police officers, encourage them to be firemen, encourage them to be in a position where they can truly impact change. And that's, like I said, is how I remain positive in such in situation like that. A lot of times we are in toxic cultures and we're in toxic environment and we don't realize that sometimes that toxic environment starts to seep into you. And unfortunately you become toxic too. You know, you're in a toxic workplace and everybody it's, you know, gossiping and talking and fighting against each other and competing against 
each other. And if you don't fight to remain who you are in that situation, you will end up being toxic too. And then before you know, you're just like everybody else, but you can stand apart no matter how toxic everybody else is. And if it gets to the point that you can't remain, then, you know, find another job, find something else, but you cannot fight something if you become that thing. So if you think your workplace is toxic, don't become toxic right along with them because that's not going to change it. If you're in a toxic relationship, again, you know, get out of it. Because if there's no way to save the relationship, if there's no way to turn around that relationship, it's okay to walk away from it. And I'm not talking just, you know, romantic relationships. There's many toxic relationships with friends and peers and mentors. And however you think about it, we're all human beings. Um, you know, we all have flaws and faults. So, we have that ability to be toxic. So if you're in a relationship and it's toxic, you can walk away from it and still remain positive. I want to remain positive. So I have had to distance myself from people in my life that just consistently remain toxic and negative. And I, you know, I mentioned in the last episode, they don't seem to want to go ahead. They just want to wallow in this misery and self-pity and toxicity and toxicness. And I just, I can't, I can't be around that. So I wish them well, I pray for them, but I step away and it's okay to walk away from toxic people. It's okay to walk away from toxic situation. It's okay to walk away from toxic environment because ultimately it does nothing for you. And, you know, um, like I mentioned, you know, the topic is how to remain positive in a toxic environment. And a lot of people do struggle with that. Like, how do they get out of it? Like people are going to think less of me if I cut somebody off, but you need to retain your sanity and you need to have joy and you're not going to have that just wallowing in a toxic environment. So if I can encourage you to do anything this week is just examine the relationship in your life. And I'm not saying just going around and chopping people off and like, you know, you're toxic, you're toxic, you're toxic, but go ahead and try to fix that relationship. And if you can't, if you've given it your all and you can't fix that relationship, it's okay to let go and it's okay to move on. It's okay to deal with them from a distance. So love them, but love them from afar. And you know, that's truly what I believe. As a child of God, I love every single human being, but I also know what I will tolerate in my life. And I also know the type of people that I want in my space at every single time. So I'm not afraid to move on. I am not afraid to wish them well, pray for them. Um, and it doesn't mean that I see them, I'm going to cross the street, but I just don't have the conversation with them. You know, it's, there are certain people in my life that I don't discuss politics with. They get so riled up, they get so upset and it's on both sides. Um, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so you're angry. What are you doing about it? Um, they get angry about so many things and, they ultimately just like to hear themselves talk because what you're saying to them is not penetrating and they are just ranting, ranting. And I'm going to be very honest at that point, I've tuned them out and I am not listening and they're honestly not listening to you either. So that is an unproductive conversation. So go ahead, 
do things that are positive, do things that, you know, not necessarily light, but things that bring you joy. There's a lot of conversations to be had around things that are not necessarily positive. So one of the upcoming shows that I'm working on, it's um, people that have survived, you know, abusive relationship. And, you know, you would think that there's nothing positive about that, but really let's think about that. If somebody was in a abusive relationship, whether it's a verbal or a physical relationship, and, you know, they may have been through it for however many, many years and they have gotten out of it and they're now thriving and, that is something positive. That is something to celebrate and, you know, not focusing on like, you know, oh, I allowed this to happen. You know, it happened. How do we let go of that shame, that pain, that guilt and move on? And then how do we use our story to empower others? And that's what I'm saying. We can remain positive in a toxic environment, in a situation like that. Um, you know, sexual abuse survivors, I've seen I've spoken to incredible people who have survived it, and some of them are not ready to share their story with others, but they're silently behind the scenes doing the work. And, you know, to help others escape that situation, to help others recognize the signs of being sexually abused, and some have used their story to empower others. So, that's just truly what I'm trying to say. No matter what negative situations happen, no matter what toxic situation is happening, you can escape that. You can remain positive. And I think one of the best ways to remain positive, one of the best way to make an impact is to make a difference in the life of others. So if you feel like your situation is dire, help somebody else help somebody else. And I think sometimes when you're helping somebody else, it will give you clarity into your own life and you'll be able to in turn, um, just take that lesson that you've learned helping others and it empowers you. Um, it's amazing and incredible to see the light on somebody's face when they realize that they have survived because they get so used to just trudging through and, you know, just surviving. I'm surviving and not realizing that not only are they surviving, they're thriving. So helping somebody recognize that and, you know, just living. I think it's one of the most empowering feeling on earth. And this is what I why I continue to do what I do. This is why I continue to life coach. This is why I continue to do the show because I like to see that feeling, not feeling. I like to see that light on somebody's face when they have that moment, you know, like Oprah says that aha moment, right? You thought there was going to be a show where I didn't mention Oprah, right? That aha moment when they realize like, wow, I survived that. And, you know, they were thinking of themselves as a victim. And then they realized they're a victor. You know, they realized that all that they went through was preparing them for the now. All that they went through was something for them to be able to use to empower others. So I just want to encourage you, whatever you went through, it was there not to break you. It was there to prepare you. It was there to empower you so that you can thrive, that you can help others, and that, you know, you can be the best you can be. Um, 
just a quick story. Um, and you know, my husband says I don't do quick, but I remember I was going to the conference the other day and there was a question asked like, what kind of animal are you? And I said, you know, I'm a unicorn because I'm a unique and my power is I can get others to see the magic in themselves. And that's what I want you guys to start thinking about. You know, I mean, a unicorn is a mythical creature, right? But I think we're all unique and we all have a special talent. And one of my favorite things to do is helping others see the magic in themselves, helping others see how fantastic and how amazing they are. So I hope you can remain positive in a negative and toxic culture. That's it for me today. I wish you the best. Have a great, great time escaping the toxic culture that you're in. And until next time, this is Suzanne signing off saying, I hope you were inspired. I hope you were motivated and I hope you were empowered.